Well, good day, everybody. Pastor Tim Carskatton here, Christian Center Street Board, doing our daily podcast. As we have been talking all week about warfare and the war that we're in, we're going to talk about today the importance of using the principles of God for protection in the midst of war. We are there, so we need to do everything we can to bring protection to ourselves, our lives, and our families. All right, let's listen in. They will give no sleep to their eyes until God establishes grace. There will be no peace in their nights until the Lord makes Jerusalem a praise. He has sworn it by his strength. Good day, good day. Pray you're having a good one, wherever you are, whatever time it is. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Well, it's Thursday. It's the second day of November, and we are closing out our week before we do the Supernatural Friday it's live stream. I mean, podcast tomorrow. So uh, let's tune in to that as well. I got a great testimony of a healing. I think I'll encourage you. And we're just believing that this next season in the kingdom, which we believe we're in right now, is for healing and deliverance. We're working on that at our ministry. We do things called cleansing fires. You can follow us. Sometimes we do them online. Uh, You can schedule a session when we do that, and people pray over you, pray for healing in your body, your mind, whatever you're believing for. And I believe this will be the next thrust of the Lord's movement in the earth will be healing and deliverance. Well, we are in the war. Obviously, the Israel war is a picture. As Israel goes, so goes the world. And whether we like it or not, we are engaged in battle. And I have always said it, and I believe it, and I think you do too, we never want to have needless casualties of war. In other words, there's no reason for you to be taken out or destroyed. Many times people go to war when they shouldn't. You know, in the book of Numbers, I can't remember which chapter it is, chapter it is, but it talks about when not to go to war and when to go to war. And there are reasons that people don't need to go to war. You're grieving, you're hurting, uh, you're sick, uh, you have a family member going through something, whatever, disabled. And war is for good soldiers. And we have to protect ourselves. God has given us the gift of the armor of God, number one, his angelic realm to help us, to partner with us, to bring protection. But there are some basic steps that you can do. And I just want to spend a few minutes talking about that today, uh, that you would have these principles inside of you. You know, when we were born again as Christians in the kingdom of God, we all discovered something. We all got caught up in a war with an opposing spiritual kingdom the kingdom of Satan. And we have no option other than this is the reality in which we live in. And right now it's very heightened. And because the kingdom to which we belong is at war, we are part of the war. And we discovered too that we have various kinds of enemies. But the most powerful and the most formidable is the kingdom of rebellious angels in heavenly places under the rule of Satan. So we know we... We go, when it talks about Ephesians, we don't war against flesh and blood, but against powers, 
principalities and high places, dark places, right? And because we have such a powerful enemy or enemies, we need to avail ourselves to the protection which God provided. In 1 Corinthians 11.10, Paul explains that Christian women need the protection of spiritual authority over them, right? Symbolized by an appropriate covering on the head. But this is, that's just one example that applies to us all Christians, both male and female. Every Christian needs protection of being under the appropriate spiritual authority. And I think this is something that we've talked about much on these podcasts in our ministry, the very common teaching of ours, and I think it's because it needs to be, is that Jesus talks about this in Luke 7, first 10 verses of the story of the Roman centurion. You've heard it. We, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. And he sent some Jewish elders to ask Jesus to heal his servant who was at death's door. And Jesus offered to pray, go and pray. And the centurion responded differently. He said, Lord, don't trouble yourself. I'm not worthy you should, that you should come under my house. He says, therefore, I don't even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. Do you understand that? He didn't say he might be, but he will be. Why? Because... For I am a man placed under authority and having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this. And he does that. Okay. By saying that, I'm also a man placed under authority. The centurion recognized that the authority of Jesus in the spirit realm was an analogy to the authority which he had in the military realm as a centurion in the Roman army. So in each case, their authority was derived from submission to a higher source or a higher authority. For the centurion, the source was the Roman emperor. For Jesus, the source was God the Father. Now note here that the centurion did not say, as many would have done, I have authority, but I am under authority. He didn't brag about who was under him. He honored the one he was under. He affirmed that basic principle in Scripture, to have authority, one must be under authority. Authority always flows downwards, Matthew 28, 18. After his resurrection, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So what does it do? It flows to us from heaven. Woo, what a gift. And there are chains of authority that descend from God the Father through Jesus in, in, into every situation in the universe. In 1 Corinthians 11.3, Paul states, or he explains, that it is a descending chain of authority that is designed to work in every family on earth. The head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is a man. The head of Christ is God. Authority descends from God the Father through Jesus the Son and to the husband and through the husband to the wife. There's a principle, Right? But what is true in the home applies to every other department of life. It applies to all Christians. Every Christian needs the protection of being under appropriate authority. I want to say this. Derek Prince said this one time. A Christian not under authority is an unprotected Christian. Now, you can be out from underneath it. I'm not saying this wrong, totally. Remember Jesus his disciples wanted to call down fire on this guy who was doing the acts of signs and wonders and he didn't have authority. They wasn't under authority, I should say. And Jesus said, look, if they're not for us, they're, you know, if they're not against us, they're for us. So there is a place for that. He didn't say that was the best way to go. He said that it's just some people are going to be like that. 
we also have the authority of the kingdom within, within his church. Ephesians 1.22, Paul said that God gave, us, gave Jesus to be the head over all things to the church. And the Greek word there for church is ecclesia, which we use all the time. Its original meaning, ecclesia, is denoted as a group of citizens in a city or state, whatever, such as Athens, who were collectively collective government of the city. So when applied to Christian, it indicates that his redemptive acts, Jesus exercises authority through the church, which is his ecclesia. So to be under Christ's authority means what? To be rightly related to his church. Woo, you may not like that one. We cannot claim the protection of Christ's authority over us if we do not respect the authority which he has vested in the church. This is our requirement. We're so afraid of them being controlling. And there are obviously controlling leaders, controlling bosses. Uh, We're just controlling governments. (laughs) Okay. So to be under Christ's authority means to be rightly related to his church. We cannot claim the protection of Christ's authority over us if we do not respect the authority which he has vested in the church. And that's demonstrated in 1 Timothy 1. Paul calls himself, he said, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ our hope. The ultimate authority of Paul's apostleship was a decision of God the Father and God the Son made in heaven. But by the definition, an apostle is one sent forth, right? Paul's apostleship did not become effective, therefore, until he was sent forth from the local church at Antioch, <clears throat> which you, you find that. Um, in Acts 13.1, Paul, still called, called in, uh, Saul then, but is listed as one of the five men who described as prophets and teachers. Then in response to the direction of the Holy Spirit, the other three men laid hands on him, which is Barnabas and Saul, and they sent them forth. And after that, both men are called apostles. That's Acts 14, 4 and 14. The apostleship of Paul was determined in heaven, but it only became effective when acknowledged and acted upon in the local church on earth. Right. I'm not telling you that you know you got to be a prophet or apostle to fight, but as you fight, you must remember this pattern is going to save you from being a needless casualty of war. If you just listen to this pattern. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect leadership. Just find a place that you fit and then labor there with them. In Ephesians 1, through 23, Paul gives a second picture of God's people here in the earth. He says, the church, which is his body. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, he develops a theme. You now are the body of Christ and members individually. He uses various examples there, the physical body to emphasize to us that Christians are not interdependent, and we all need each other. Ooh, that's, that's a hard one, isn't it? To admit you need others to help you walk through. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Paul develops a theme, now you are the body of Christ and the members individually. He uses various examples about the physical body to emphasize his point. Uh, that's cool. And we're all interdependent with each other. The most completely or complete authoritative picture of the church and the body of Christ is given in Ephesians. It's the most significant, therefore. And we, throughout the epistle, Paul consistently speaks of Christians in the plural. He was virtually nothing to say or about individual Christians. He really didn't talk that way. Uh, 
I'll give you an example here in, in first, I mean Ephesians 1. God has blessed us. He chose us. He predestined us. He made us accepted. We have redemption. He has made known to his mystery of those will. And we obtain an inheritance should be to the praise of his glory. When you read that in the rest of the epistle, it's going to prove to you that it's message from beginning to end. There are no promises and no prayers for an individual. Only the last six verses there. One has a brief exception. Paul closes and asks for, spe- asks for special prayer for himself. So protection comes for praying for others. Okay, And when we focus on the body of Christ, in Ephesians 6, it comes to a climax uh, when God's people refer to the opposing forces. We wrestle against principalities, powers, and rulers, and hosts. Warfare is depicted as not a conflict between individuals, get this, but a vast war between opposing armies. There is no room, really, for lone rangers pursuing individual goals. Victory will require controlled and concerted effort or actions by God's people working together as members of one body. That will demand discipline and readiness to submit to spiritual authority. God. If we didn't need this, you know, because of the lawlessness in the earth, we need people of authority in this hour. And following this pattern, the very thing I just, just spoke about, which is what? Be under authority. Be under the authority of Christ. Be under the authority in the church. And then be a member of his body. And in the midst of that, you bring spiritual protection. You know, when I'm under an apostle, which I am, I have that as a shield. The authority that the the apostle walks in is my shield. I get the oil from the beard, but they have to take some of the big hits because they have the authority to do that. But there's a safety when you come under something because then you're not responsible for everything. You are responsible to come under, and as you do, the grace of God is there for you. Oh, my friends, let's not miss this opportunity to understand what God is saying. And we must obey the Lord in all areas that he asks us to in respect to Christ's authority and forgiving others and the attitude of submitting to our fellow Christians as the Lord would have us do that. And in that, you have protection in the warfare, protection in the season of war, which we are in. Oh, I hope this helps you more of a teaching today, but I hope it helps you. Father, I thank you today for everybody that's listening to this podcast. We want to be in alignment, Lord, with you. Lord, we want to be under your authority and recognize when you speak your word, our servants can be healed, our families can be healed, our lives can be healed. And Lord, then when we come under the authority of of the church, Lord, the safety that's there, somebody looking in my life, somebody challenging me to grow. And then, Lord, ultimately, We submit to one another. That's our heart's cry, to serve one another to your glory. Well, I hope this helped you today. May God bless you. Have a great week ahead, weekend, I should say. We'll come back tomorrow with Supernatural Friday. We love you guys. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for listening each and every day here on our Daddy Podcast from Christian Center Report here in Louisiana. We'd love to hear from you if you have any comments or you'd like to... uh, ask for prayer or anything, you can go to our app for sure, 
We take prayer requests there. We pray for you. Don't forget, you can always write us an email, info at christiancentershreveport.com. That's our website. And you can give there. You can find all that we're doing there. Our app is a more applicable place to go because we put more information on that, as well as much media content as we can put up so that you'll have resources to navigate through this season. Thank you, each and every one of you, for sowing and praying and standing with us. And may God bless you and may his strength be upon you in the days ahead. Shalom, shalom. We'll see you tomorrow. Love you guys.